Yeah, thank you for tuning in. It's more than a podcast. Inexhaustible episodes, God's vast. Glorify Him as we broadcast the Lord's grace and God's wrath. More serious than a bomb blast. Full disclosure inside the title. No surprises, simply put, guys with Bibles. Yeah. Just some regular reborn reformed cats If it's in the Bible then they're gonna speak on that Cause the scripture is the final word okay. Competing ideas quite absurd Of this you can be quite assured <laughs> yeah. We were lost in the darkness of night immersed in sin But then the, the light, light emerged. emerged It was the Son of God, divine Christ that shines light The word in Genesis that assigned life in hindsight And was revealed through the prophets and apostles We magnify and expound on the power of the gospel Yeah, yeah Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Guys with Bibles. I'm Scott. I'm Sean. And I'm Lee. Wow. Wow. <laughs> and I'm Lee. That everybody nice... else is always so chipper, so I have to bring it down a little bit. Yeah, you gotta, you gotta like, bring down the whole entire mood, you know what I mean? I, I just can't... What What's going on with this? You're, you're welcome. No. No, I cannot handle this anymore. It's reality. So, Lee's, Lee's we're gonna the be realist. real monotone. We're gonna be real monotone this whole entire time. You know, and to just put our listeners to sleep, hopefully. We'll be the NPR of Reformed Podcasts. That's right. Um, love it. Just love it. Love it all. Love it. So anyways, I had about enough of that. But anyways, so we're in Ephesians 3.3. 3. I think that's where we left off. That's what Lee has told us that we left off on. So we're going to assume. It's 3.4. It's 3.4. You know, you know, yeah, you know. I, I have to. I have to listen to this show, so that that's how I know where we pick up and leave off, because I am the only one of us that actually has to listen to this show. Yeah, so and did we leave off on 3-3, three, three, or did we leave off on 3-4? You're not making a lot of sense the, here, we, Lee. We, we left off on 3-3. Three, three. Why did we leave off on 3-3 three, three without finishing the sentence? Oh, I'm stressed. Wait, that is... Or no, at the, at the end of 3-3, three, three, we did finish the sentence. So we did, as I wrote before in brief... Yes. Are you sure? Only briefly, though. See what it did there? So, allegedly... <laughs> allegedly. Allegedly, we finished 3-3. Three, three. So, we're going to move on to 3-4. If we did not finish 3-3, three, three, blame Lee. <laughs> just, yep. We're just going to go with that. All right. You're so right. We're diving into chapter 3, verse 4, and we are going to read all the way up until verse 7. So, Lee, do you want to take the lead here? (gasps) Yeah, I'll read it. (sighs) Strapping, young lad. Go ahead. Ahem. Woo! By referring to this, when you read, you can understand my insight into the mystery of Christ, which in other generations was not made known to the sons of men, as it has now been revealed to his holy apostles and prophets in the Spirit. To be specific... That the Gentiles are fellow heirs and fellow members of the body, and fellow partakers of the promise in Christ Jesus through the gospel, of which I was made a minister according to the gift of God's grace, which was given to me according to the working of his power. Here ends the reading. Thank you. Thanks be to God. 3-4, as we dive into this, um, what he has written basically beforehand, it, it 
really specifically ties in with chapter 2, 19 through 22. Um, it provides evidence uh, where it says, according to which his readers, um, they were able to perceive that he has insight into the mystery of Christ, as we have spoken about through chapter 2, um, where he is now giving his, uh, what would you call that, um, stating his authority as an apostle that he's yeah. been doing here in the past few chapters. Um, and then he, he, he turns it right here in chapter 3. Instead of telling them that he's an apostle, now he is I, Paul, the prisoner of Christ Jesus, um, for the sake of the Gentiles. I am here to minister to you guys. And um, so this, this might come as to a shock to the Jews um, and to the Gentiles as well because Paul... Um, he is literally a descendant of the Benjamin tribe. I'm oh, almost, yeah. I'm almost correct. I think so. They call them Benjamites, but yeah. Benjamites. But anyways, the Benjamin tribe. So he's from the tribe of Benjamin, um, which Jews kept track of their bloodline, their their lineage. That was very important to Jewish culture back then, um, to know where you came from. <clears throat> Um, that and way. hearkening back to our Ezra and Nehemiah series, um, we saw in pretty great detail um, how they kept records of family lines and the jobs that the people in those families did as well. That was a great example of what you're talking about. But yeah, exactly. So we're going off the lineage um, because the bloodline is very important to the Jewish culture. So this may have came as a shock to the Jews and the Gentiles. Um, Paul claiming his apostleship in Christ, but now he's calling upon his prisonership of Christ, how he is a prisoner of Christ Jesus, and he is entrusted in proclaiming the gospel directly to the Gentiles. So the Gentiles might have, during this time, I would have looked at the, Paul and been like, holy cow, this guy is actually coming after us now. Um, he was recently persecuting the church and slaying Christians left and right. Now he's looking at us like we're the new prime rib. So, right. which, I mean, everyone knew who Paul was. They knew his background, knew where he came from, um, and everyone seemed to know him by name. So I'm sure these Gentiles had in their mind, we need to look to this guy because this guy is either going to kill us or he's telling us some truth. And Paul has been in Ephesus for over three years. He spent his longest time here in Ephesus um, proclaiming the gospel. And He cried and, when he left, and so yes. did the elders of the church that he planted in, in Ephesus. Yes. So he was very dedicated to the church in Ephesus. Ex exactly. And I believe Timothy is the one that he brings. Oh, yeah. Back to F's, yes. So, anyways, we're going to move on as we go through this. Um, the so, you were, talk you were yeah, talking about him. You are talking about Paul and uh, his apostleship to the Gentiles. Um, that was so, such a foreign concept that it, it makes sense why he goes into such detail in this letter and elsewhere about the fact that... Um, that Gentiles are being grafted in to the faith. Right. Um, that's why he's got to go on and on and on about Gentiles being fellow heirs and fellow members because they were getting sidelined 
by um, Jewish converts to Christianity, exactly. yeah. which is good because as Gentiles ourselves, you know, it's it's good to see that so much attention is paid to showing that Gentiles are rightly placed, uh, grafted into the olive tree, so to speak, to use the metaphor from elsewhere. Right. Now, now, what else is interesting about this passage? So as you're in, in chapter 3, um, we look at Paul as he's writing this letter to the Ephesians. Um, he, is, he is knowingly, um, he keeps this in mind that this is being read aloud um, in public, the, his letter. Um, so at this point, he is simply thinking from his own perspective as the letter's author um, that when they hear this read aloud, what he has written to them, they will appreciate the insight God has given him um, just by knowing his background and his authority um, as we were speaking earlier. Uh, it also... Um, they, they will appreciate the the knowledge and the mercy and the grace given to him by God. And I like how throughout this letter, he doesn't bring anything to himself except the authority given to him. He always gives it back to God. He gives the glory back to God or Christ. By this, Christ gave me. Through this, I was given this by Christ, by God. Um, you know, I was given a authority. He's, he's not self-appointed. Yes, he's not trying to self-appoint himself as something he's not. So you can't appoint yourself as an apostle? Take that, Bill Johnson. No, you cannot call yourself an apostle. Oh, really? Take oh, that, man. Ryan Lestrange. Now, now here, here's another, here's another funny subject that I've, I've danced around here lately on Facebook, and I've been kind of just hiding in the background because I don't want to unravel the feathers. But so a lot of people, when they think of the apostolic gifts, um, do we believe that the apostolic gifts are still alive and relevant today? So you're asking if we're continuationists or cessationists? Yes. <laughs> this is Which, kind of a touchy subject, Scott. So, And this is a very touchy subject. This is why I've danced around it on Facebook and social media, because it really divides. and It's, it's a difficult subject for a lot of people because they really don't understand what it means to have apostolic gifts and what the apostolic gift was meant for and intended for. Um, they take First and Second Corinthians out of context completely. Um, when we think of apostolic gifts, we're talking about raising the dead, um, healing. Um, we're also talking about tongues and... What's the other one? I think we should. I think we should tackle that in a separate episode. Yeah, I think that's so, too big of a thing to just yeah. tackle here. But but I think that's what we need to talk about um, with the listeners, and I'm pretty sure the listeners would like to hear about this. So, if you guys want to hear about the apostolic gifts, check out our next episode. We'll do it in a segment episode, maybe. Um, or we could do like a like a doctrinal deep dive into it. Yeah. So there you go. if you guys like that idea, let us know. So, anyways, yeah, back into chapter three, we'll we'll move on. 
Um, so we get into verse 5, which it says, which in other generations was not made known to the sons of men, as it has now been revealed to his holy apostles and prophets in the Spirit. This is going to be that part. Where this, we're gonna this, be, is, this is, this is going to be it. that part that we're going to have to continue later because it's just a, a totally different, it's going to take us down a nice, long, long trail. Yeah. For so. now, um, I'll chime in and say that um, we have to balance this with what Peter says. And now I'm now I'm on the spot. I don't know exactly what chapter and verse, but Peter talks about uh, how Paul's writing is difficult to understand sometimes. Um, yeah. But it's important, just like the rest of the scriptures. Yes. Um, so he even at the time that That's Paul is Second writing Peter. the letters, Second Peter. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah. Um. He, even at that time, he's three. recognizing. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna turn to it, and chapter three it. verse. Second Peter three sixteen. Yep, there it is. Second Peter three fourteen. Therefore, beloved, since you look for these things, be diligent to be found by him in peace, spotless and blameless, and regard the patience of our Lord as salvation. Just as also our beloved brother Paul, according to the wisdom given him, wrote to you, as also in all his letters, speaking in them of these things, which are some things hard to understand, which the untaught and unstable distort, as they do also, they're recognized as Scripture even at that time. So Paul here isn't talking about anything outside of Scripture. Rather, this is the exact inspiration, and uh, not just inspiration, but verbal plenary inspiration of the New Testament as it's occurring. So this can't be exactly related to um, supposed words of knowledge or supposed uh, prophecies that people claim to have today now that the canon is closed. These, right. Those kinds of things wouldn't be on the level of Scripture. Um, and it's pretty easy to, to cast doubt on on folks who, uh, who claim to have those special words because they just don't seem to connect with reality most of the time. Now what now what he's also saying in this so Paul is saying uh, was not made known in other generations um, it's a comment that has raised more than a few eyebrows over the years um, as Paul will clarify shortly the mystery is the full inclusion of the Gentiles into the people of God by means of their faith in the gospel um, and their incorporation into Christ which is the result from verse 6 as you see to be specific that the Gentiles are fellow heirs fellow members of the body and fellow partakers of the promise in Christ Jesus through the gospel. Um, so this is what we're seeing, yet it is difficult to see um, this inclusion as something completely unanticipated in other generations, both the Old Testament and the non-canonical the Jewish and Jewish literature from like the Second Temple period. Basically, the the Gentiles' inclusion in the worship of God at the time of Israel's eschatological restoration um, was not really uh, looked upon through Jewish eyes. Um, they didn't see that the Gentiles inherited anything that was already promised to them. Um, so they, they thought they were still unclean. Um, well, they were blinded by tradition. You know, they've right. been told all this time that people outside of that ethnic group are unclean and unworthy, and Yahweh could never be their God. Um, right. When, like you said, clearly in the past you see instances 
where Gentiles are part of the worship. They're not in full inclusion like uh, like Israelite or, or uh, Jewish believers were, but they were still present even in the days of the tabernacle. Um, so that just came to, to full fruition in Christ right. also, just like every other promise. But it took uh, it took some extra discussion and some additional special revelation in the New Testament to really cement that truth, um, because multiple apostles uh, write about the inclusion of Gentiles. Right. Paul writes about it in nearly every letter. And and during my study, so as I was doing this earlier this week, um, I found out. So I was reading in one of my. Uh, books it's um by uh, frank thielman uh it's a baker exegetical commentary on the new testament um great books great commentaries if you guys really want to dive in deeper um it said that in this verse so as we're looking in verses five six and seven um it said this uh, more recent interpreters however are almost united in rejecting this approach um, the approach that I just spoke of earlier, um, and they probably cor- they are probably correct to do so, as he says. Um, in the next paragraph, Paul will go over much the same ground again and will express himself ambiguously. The mystery now revealed to the rulers and authority in the heavenly places was hidden for ages past in the God who created the world, um, as you see is in um 9 and 10 when he says um, and to bring to light what is in the administration of the mystery which for ages has been hidden in God who created all things so that the manifold wisdom of God might now be made known through the church to the rulers and authorities and heavenly places Um, he goes on and he says the mystery therefore was wholly unknown in the past and has now been revealed before deciding that the author has expressed himself in a way that is inconsistent with the affirmation of the Old Testament elsewhere in the letter, um, or that it is inconsistent with the perspective on the Old Testament in the Undisputed. Um, however, it is necessary to decide precisely what Paul considers to be the mystery and what is in context. So, I don't know what you guys think of that, but I found that interesting um, as we were reading that. Um, I felt that that idea, what many interpreters are leaning towards now, really fits into the paragraph and context of what we're reading. Um, so I thought that was I thought that was really nice. Um, I don't know what you guys thought about it, but anyways. Sean, what do you got? Uh, well, I was looking at verse 5, and I kind of went at a different angle. I kind of jumped back all the way back to Genesis. That's and, all the way back. Yeah, and uh, I basically was reading here. It says, well, the CSB says, This was not made known to people in other generations as it is now revealed to his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit. So... Over the course of time, in God's timing, in God's sovereign will, he made revelations throughout time at certain periods of time that he appointed to bring about 
salvation. And uh, so we see all the way back in Genesis, I'm reformed, so Genesis 3.15. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we, we see... Get him! We see the very first hint of the gospel right there. And we see it coming to fruition all the way here as Paul's writing under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. And it's, it's, it's crazy, isn't it? What do you guys think about that? It is crazy. Yeah. yeah everything's got to come back to the, the proto-evangelion. In- I was trying to say it, and I oh, can't wow. ever say it. Wow. So. Lee's busting out the big word. Big <laughs> word. My head hurts. <laughs> Here's Sean. Because, Sean's sitting at home going, you know, man, what is that word that Lee says all the time? What is that? Right. Uh, Provo Evangelion. It took me forever to learn <laughs> Tetragrammaton. So. Yeah. It, it helps if you remember the anime uh, uh, Neon Genesis Evangelion. Of course it That is. helps a lot. Yeah. But yeah. anyway. If anyone knew what that anime was. <laughs> it's Except a good for, one. Check it out. Except for us nerds. Yeah, of course. The elites. Oh, um, oh well, there you go. There you go. Uh, but yeah, no, I I think it, it's definitely natural to, to bring that promise all the way back here, like you said, Sean, because it God promises he will put en- enmity between the serpent and the woman, not just a pr- particular kind of woman, but the woman. And that just can't be the promise that um, the son of the woman will will bruise the head of, of the serpent. That promise isn't just for one ethnic group. It's for people of of the entire human race, of every ethnicity uh, right, contained right. in the human race. Yep, exactly. That's a great and glorious promise that wasn't apprehended at the time. Obviously, we can see that in the pages of Scripture and, and throughout uh, redemptive history. Right. And, and praise God, he did elucidate that um, later in his special revelation. Because that's how we're here. Precisely. Amen. Glow Ray. So I think we should definitely stop there. And then we will dive into 8, 9, and 10 next week. Because um, I think those are great past. That's a great little section right there. And I think that's Did- where we need to stop. Um, so where can they find us? Oh, actually, let's do this. So what is what is what's coming up with guys with Bibles? What are we what are we doing? Hey, we're planning on going to together for the gospel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude. So we are just normal um, family guys with uh, ordinary dudes. Ordinary dudes who are always broke. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyways. So, if any of your donations would be great, if you guys are willing to donate, go to our GoFundMe account. It's Guys with Bibles. Um, so uh, you can go to our Guys with Bibles Facebook page and get on there, or the Twitter account. Lee will probably share it there on Twitter. Um, yep, if you guys are interested, um, let us know. Sean beat me to it. Boom. Okay. Sean cool. It. Cool. So it's just trying to save us some expense. Um, it's pretty expensive to go. So uh, this would be the first conference that Guys with Bibles has ever attended. So uh, we're kind of just trying. Yeah, to... Yeah, and I think it'll. Have you, Scott? Have you ever been to a, a conference, a big conference like this before? The only I know big I conference haven't. I've ever been to is a Nine Marks, and that was at Cedarville, and I got in free. 
<laughs> um, so. I've never even I've never been to a conference except for the uh, the men's conference that the Archdiocese of Cincinnati puts on. So yeah, I've, way to go. So Ew. and it was awful. So I'm really yeah. excited. I, I can't wait to get there. Baptist, you know? Did you get to do it in Cincinnati though, Sean? Yeah, it was in Cincinnati. Oh, yep. Greatest city in Ohio. It was at the St. Peter and Chains Cathedral. Sorry, I just, I just, wow. I just burped up my Taco Bell. Ooh, yeah. Wouldn't so, it be amazing as soon as you if sound, said that I if right across it. town from the Peter and Chains, uh, Peter and Chains Catholic Church, Alice in Chains was playing a concert somewhere? Oh, uh, I would go to the concert instead then. Oh, and so as we're talking that about would be this, amazing. our next episode we are going to be talking about tobacco and pipes and Bibles. So, yeah, join me and Sean and Lee. Uh, he can't really talk about tobacco because he doesn't smoke tobacco. So, anyways, or pipes. So he can talk about premium Bibles, and I'm sure he'd love that. So we'll do a segment episode with pipes, tobacco, Bibles, and pencils. So you can <laughs> let us know. That way, Lee has something he actually can talk about. So, I think that's fair. Yeah. What do you guys think? But anyways, so check out the Bar Network. Go to the bar. Check out the merchandise that we have up there. Um, you can get it there. Guys with Bibles has plenty of merch. Um, let us know what you think. Show us how you represent the gear. Post it on the Guys with Bibles fan facebook page and we would lovely love to comment on it so uh guys where can they find us uh well they can go to our website guys with bibles.com and uh they can uh listen to the blog or listen to the blogs good grief listen to the podcast and read the blogs there uh they can subscribe to the podcast on itunes or google play or wherever you listen to the podcast at uh they can Find us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Just uh, search Guys with Bibles and you'll find us. And you can email us directly at guyswbibles at gmail.com. And we're Guys with Bibles and we are out. Later, guys. See you next time. Peace. This is going to get cut out. <laughs> <laughs>